Are you serious? That was a stunt double. Those stuff. weren't Brooke Shields's. B- no. Ah, jeez, my I, my whole childhood's in question now. Yes, it is. Travel back in time to the eighties, reliving the shenanigans. It was the early eighties, and sex was still a good way to meet new people. The disappointment. Now, that's a real shame when folks be throwing away a perfectly good white boy like that. And the self-confidence. I'm six foot, three inches tall, and maintain a very consistent panda bear shape. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. Don't you knock? Dude, this is my home away from home. Come on. Plus, I had a key made. Look, it's got your face on it. Forgot about the key. Dude, what's with all the tissues? What tissues? What are you talking about? Dude, there's tissues everywhere. Oh, God. You're watching Xanadu? I'm just prepping for next week's podcast. Are you ready? I got a killer idea. Yeah, let me hear it. Best busts of 1980. Wow, you're, that's a good one. ONJ had quite a rack, didn't No, she? I'm not talking about her rack. I, 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 I'm, talking about the mo- oh, God. I'm talking about the movie, man. Movies that were supposed to be great but weren't. But we still love them anyway. Oh, yeah. Like Dolly Parton, she had a set. Oh, she was the best God. bust in 1980. We're going to five. Uh, uh. No, nine to five actually was a hit. Hey, so you, know also had, you know who also had big boobs? Jamie know. Lee Curtis in Prom Night. Yeah, best bus. Maybe we should call it biggest bus. No, I'm talking or about... voluptuous bus. No, stop. Bosoms are us. I'm talking about stuff like Urban Cowboy, Deborah Winger. Dude, Deborah Winger was little. She didn't have boobies. That's not... You're missing the point. The point's about the movie. I'm talking about Shelley Duvall and Popeye. Dude, she was like a washboard. I give up, man. I just... I give up. Dude, come on. I was razzing you. I knew what you were talking about all along. Let's just sit down, open up some Funyuns, and watch Xanadu. Oh, finally. Thank you. By the way, did I ever tell you when I was 10 and I was in my Garanimals and ONJ made me feel kind of funny? Oh, God. There's a place that nobody dares to go. Hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears, with TampaBay.com. And today, we're going to talk about the best busts of 1980. No, man. Oh, this is my, 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 what do you call it? Here to help me launch this new feature, he's the biggest boob of all. <laughs> Time spot critic Sean Daly. Oh, that was a good one. I didn't even see it coming. How could I you not? It, I don't know. I didn't see it. That's good. Yes, we have a new series for you guys. Much like we had horrible hits of the 80s. What else did we do? Uh, one Hit Wonders. One Hit Wonders. Now we're moving over to movies. We feel like movies get short shrift on Stuck in the 80s. And we're giving you a new feature. Best busts of the 80s. Starting so how- with 1980. Yeah. Now explain how yeah. this works. Yeah, this my is kind of complicated. You have to sit down and think about this for a minute. It's not complicated at all. <laughs> it, it, in our meetings, in our staff meetings, we talked about this. We took a vote. These are movies yes. that were either critical... Or commercial failures in the 80s, and yet we love them anyway. Right. So let's look at a list of 1980 movies. Popeye was both a critical and commercial failure, 
However, we couldn't watch five minutes of that without either passing out or vomiting. So it doesn't make our Right. So this is only the year 1980. Robin Williams, by far his worst movie, correct? Oh, my God. I don't know. There's Toys is pretty bad. (laughs) Wasn't there something bad with Walter Matthau, too? Oh, God. Where he plays Uh, like a survivalist? Yeah, survivalist. Oh, there's some bad. Like The Fog. Here's another one. John Carpenter's The Fog came out in 1980. And I said it's kind of a cruddy movie, but you said, oh, it probably made some money and people kind of like oh, it. So people it doesn't love re- The Fog. Yeah. So it's not like it's, it was really a bust. Right. It was a successful movie. There was a remake. So that wouldn't make it either. Let me give you a good one. Okay. Probably the ultimate one. Can't Stop the Music. It's the musical extravaganza that launches the 80s. It's Alan Carr's Can't Stop the Music. You can't once you see it, you'll know why you can't stop the glamour. Do the shake, do the shake, do the milkshake, the milkshake. Can't stop the with Bruce Jenner. The Village People musical, 1980. Steve Gutenberg plays the founder the of. Uh, and yet we couldn't, we couldn't really sit down. You know and what's enjoy it. sad though? My family will defend this movie to their dying breaths. They really? Lo- they have it on DVD. My mom paid eighty dollars for the original VHS. I know it by heart. But but still a horrible failure. But that neither one of us will speak up. So for these it. are essentially, if you want to uh, uh, call it uh, an easier name, these are guilty pleasures uh, movies of the eighties. They were uh, considered ultimate failures. But we would sit down if they were on cable. We'd sit and we'd watch the right. whole thing. I'll give you an example of one that we won't talk about today. Flash Gordon, nineteen eighty. Everyone loves Flash Gordon. Yeah. It's campy. Yeah. It's silly, but. But is there anybody out there who hates Flash Gordon? Here's one that was kind of on the cusp for us. Blue Lagoon. A wooden ship. Fire! A fire at sea. Up you go! And two young children are cast adrift. Fortune washes them ashore on a fertile isle. But fate deserts them, and they are left utterly alone. The years passed, but no ship ever did. Yet the boy and the girl grew strong and tall and beautiful, raising themselves on instinct in the bounty of their lost paradise. Columbia Pictures presents a sensuous story of natural love, starring Brooke Shields and introducing Christopher Atkins. The Blue Lagoon. Mm. You You probably wouldn't watch the whole thing, Blue Lagoon. No. Yeah. I'd wait for the booby part. Is there? There's some <laughs> Talking boobage. about not best bus. No, there's very. Yeah, there is some boobage. They, they put the hair. And I feel really bad for saying that because she was she was she 18? No. Yeah. No, my friend. <laughs> oh, she had a stunt uh, double in for those scenes. Are you serious? Yeah. Are you serious? That was a stunt no, double? Those stuff. weren't Brooke Shields' boobs? No. Ah, jeez, my I, my whole childhood's in question now. Yes, it is. Just like it is every week. That wasn't week. Willie Ames. Christopher Atkins. Willie Ames was Willie Paradise. Ames so much better. Yeah, well, he was in Paradise with uh, Phoebe Cates. We'll be getting to that. That might be one of my best busts. Phoebe Cates is definitely a best bust. Yeah. But anyway, I love this new series. We get to talk about movies. So we have three best busts of 1980 today to, to present to you. The first, the most obvious one, we've already alluded to it, the great 1980 bust, Xanadu. To Xanadu. To dreams. I couldn't have done it without you. You know, I don't know anything about you. Where you live, where you were born. It's nothing to know. Where do you live? With my sisters. Where? In an apartment. Yeah, but where's the apartment? On the second floor. 
Look, I don't even know how to find you. But you always do. Okay. That's a dead end. What's your last name? Say it's my father's and mother's. Yeah, but what is it? What? My father's or my mother's? Who cares? Either one. The same as mine. Okay, I get it. No questions. No questions, no lies. Now, you know, Steve, I hate to work blue on this show. <laughs> By the way, you made me uh, work blue in that intro. I felt dirty saying all those those booby jokes. Horrible. I won't let my kids listen to this one. Usually we gather around the hearth. We gather around the hearth in my new apartment. Listen. Listen to Uncle Spearsy and Daddy. They call me Uncle Spearsy? No. They have no idea who you are. <laughs> Great. They will soon, though. Fewer lawsuits um, that way. When you're their new dad. Uh, anyway, Xanadu 1980. Yes. Um... The story of a girl who makes dreams come true. And let me tell you about some dreams. I've seen some movies like that. The same plot. <laughs> I think, yeah, Miami Spice 2 had the same tagline. Exactly. Um, so I remember seeing this movie in the theater mm-hmm. with uh, my friends uh, John Hickey and Keith Marciniak. <laughs> Again, just making up names. I remember I was 10 years old seeing Xanadu. And somewhere like halfway through it, um, no. something happened, Steve. Something happened. I'm not saying that it was uh, that there was moisture involved. Are you saying you, sp- you felt the spirit rising? <laughs> I did in my in my granimals and my tough skins, which were tight anyway. I think they were like hand me downs or something like that. I don't know why my, my parents couldn't buy me a you know normal fitting pair of pants. But all of a sudden, it got a little snug in there, and I'm like, oh, this is curious, curiouser and curiouser, as Alice in Wonderland would say. Um, but yeah, this was like my I, this uh, ONJ. And didn't I tell her when we interviewed her that she ushered me into manhood? <laughs> you tell that to everybody. <laughs> it was really awkward when you told that to Brian Johnson, too. <laughs> no, here's, um, okay, so the point of Xanadu, 1980 movie, it's a musical, sort of the last of the musicals. Grease had, had been a few years before, so Olivia Newton-John was a proven star. So beautiful. And so she hot. Plays, Look at those She eyes. plays a, a Greek muse who comes back to life and inspires a, a painter, a struggling, paint, st- struggling painter named Michael Beck. Who we know, the better, actor Michael Beck. His we, character was Sonny Malone. Who we better know from the movie What?, Oh, the Warriors! the Warriors! Come out and play. Yes, good one. God, I love that movie. So Michael Beck, Sonny, is there. He's inspired by this beautiful muse, and uh, he meets an old, broken-down uh, big band orchestra leader. Danny McGuire, played by the great Gene Kelly. Yep, yep. And from there, the movie just kind of goes... And Sonny's dream was to build a huge disco roller rink. It's Not everything. just disco. Not just a disco, but disco on wheels. As well as should be. Yeah. And it is, I will sit down, oh God, the special effects are so bad. Yeah. But I will sit down and I will watch the entirety of Xanadu. Really? And I will feel like a young man all No, see, I have a theory about Xanadu. My theory is that um, you think you want to see Xanadu, and you TiVo it, and you, you pop some corn, and you break out the wine coolers and a box of tissue, and you start watching it, and you get about 25, 30 minutes into it. And suddenly it goes back to the old big band numbers with Gene Kelly, and then suddenly delightful. It's, suddenly delightful. it's sleepy, sleepy. No, but you will continue to watch Andy. You actually like Andy? Why? You told me this the other the, day. The music. Oh my God, the music is so incredibly good. Yeah, yeah.
you make it all the way to the ending, you find that Olivia Newton-John goes away, rejoins her Olympia, Olympian goddesses, and instead a, a, a lookalike, one of the waitresses at the club, meets Sonny, and he asks just for a talk, and, it, and the movie fades away, the silhouette of them just talking. You know, true love, the very first spark. You doing okay, kid? Yeah, I'm all right. Have a little something to cheer you up. No, no thanks. And miss, uh, would you bring my friend a drink? Thanks. Wait a minute. Yes? I mean, I'd just like to talk to you. Oh, my God. It's really? great. It's great. I mean, I sit there... I mean, you know, Spearsy, the waterworks start, you know. Oh, my Lord. Really? Did you did you, you ball at that part? No, not really. I ball the fact that I just actually sat and wasted two hours <laughs> watching Sandy. It's not a great movie. In fact, it's so bad that it was the inspiration for the Razzie Awards. Was it really? Yeah. The, the, um, the guy who founded the Razzie Awards, John Wilson, went and saw a 99-cent double feature with Can't Stop the Music and Xanadu. And it inspired him to create the uh, awards that honor the worst achievements in film. This film is also listed among the best top ten worst films in the uh, Golden Raspberry Awards. And um, I find it to be delightful and fun. But that's the whole point of best bust of the eighties. Yeah, these great. are these are these are movies that it wasn't. It, there is a watchability to it. It can be really fun. Yeah, it's not. I bad. like to take a lot of peyote and <laughs> just get some body paints, just strip down naked, put on some body paints, and just go crazy on it. It could have been more interesting. Olivia Newton-John was actually actually turned down the role to play in "Can't Stop the Music," so we almost had a switcheroo there. Wow, your your family would have gone nuts oh, for I that. Know. They couldn't um, handle it. Bruce Jenner and uh, <laughs> O.N.J. J- together. This would be Gene Kelly, the great Gene, Gene Kelly's last feature film. But the thing is, uh, Zach, oh really? Yeah. Oh god. You know what I love happens. him in? What? Brigadoon. Yeah. Oh, oh nice. jeez, my dad's favorite movie. Uh, Singing in the Rain. You go go for any of those old Hollywood. Oh yeah, Singing in the Rain. It's on my iPod. I have this like extended version. It's not the same though, unless you can watch the video with it. Oh no, I love the song. Really, I do. Yeah, I just love him stomping in the water. I just yeah, it's great. But no, Gene Kelly, Brigadoon. uh, You know, there's something about that. Like you know, you and I fight about. You like Broadway musicals. You know, Um, I I have trouble with them. You'll learn people singing directly at me, even though I'm a music critic. But the thing about Gene Kelly. And I think of anyone who's like that good at their job, and Gene Kelly kind of, he's so transcendent. There's, there's, I mean, it sounds really cheesy, but there's a magic about this guy, right? The intangible. Right. Like Gene Kelly, Michael Jordan. Like people who are so good at their job, they can suck you in no matter how old, you know, you are. They can like, they can draw you in. And I remember being a kid and it being ra- it raining out and having seen the, the singing in the rain scene and just like, you know, stomping around and thinking about that. I mean, he's, that, that is so good. Would you say it's one of the ten greatest scenes in movie history? Singing yeah, in the rain? yeah. And similarly, when I saw um, Clockwork Orange and I saw the <laughs> singing in the rain scene, I was similarly overtaken to go on a uh, oh, raping. God. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, that. I remember. That's funny you talk. You bring up Clockwork Orange because we're bringing up me and my gr animals. But when I was a kid, I think I've talked about this on the show before. You would get the little cable books. Remember the cable booklets? They yeah, would send you, yeah. and HBO would have one. Showtime. And when you're a kid, you look up like you know, it would say like the little code like BN for brief nudity and strong sexual situations. And I'm like the triple oh. S. I'm like, oh, if I stay up till two o'clock on Cinemax, here's a movie called The Clockwork Orange. This looks really good. Wow, nudity and sex. Yeah. You know? And then I'm like. <laughs> what happened? You know, all of a sudden that horrible scene where he cuts out the 
the boob, yeah, the boob holes, you know, and I'm like, this isn't good nudity. <laughs> this isn't a love story. And I remember there was a Clint Eastwood movie that supposedly had nudity in it, but it was like dead nudity, which is like has the, uh, like the alter, you know, it was like a, a, you know, some dead person, but they were naked. I'm like, oh, this isn't good. This is, this is going to result <laughs> in some serious therapy. What happened? What were we talking about? No dead nudity in Xanadu at all. Yeah, no nudity whatsoever. Uh, but the music is great, and it is so beloved that it inspired a, a Broadway play, a successful Broadway play, or maybe not. It might no, have. it's still there. It's still playing. See, yes, like I said, a successful Broadway it's play. It's on uh, tour now. I don't think it's coming down here, though. I wish it would. See? God. See, movies like that, it's campy. This is what we're talking about. We love Xanadu, so sit down. But the thing about Xanadu, it was filmed on such crappy film stock Seriously, it's like it doesn't hold up. It looks you like the little the rascals. Now. It's so grainy and awful. Like they, you know, you know, guys like Spielberg and Scorsese. Their movies were filmed on really, really. You know, they spent the money to do really good film stock. Not to get nerdy on you guys, but Xanadu is like really. You might as well see Alfalfa and Buckwheat run through. I mean, the film is so grainy and awful. Yeah. It's it's a hard movie to watch. It's a delightful movie to watch. That's why it's one of our best bus, bus, bus of 1980. Are you ready for the next one? Yes, let's do it. From that magical year, I give you the jazz singer. You used to tell me you got to know where you come from to know where you're going. Well, I know where I come from. I know where I'm going now. I got my own congregation now, and they love my music. They say it makes them feel things. It makes them happy. What is so terrible? You have a grandson, Pop. Chaim Rabinovich. Sixth generation. Pop, it's no sin to marry someone you love. Look, look. He's even got Mama's smile. I understand. You have no son, so you have no grandson. Well, you're wrong. You're wrong. And I'm sorry for you. For both of us. Yes, sir. Not only Mama's smile, your eyes. Kityantif, my son. Neil Diamond. Love Neil Diamond. Not a great actor. Here's the thing about Neil Diamond. I've said this before. Neil Diamond is the William Shatner Ooh. of rock. Interesting. Hello again. Hello. <laughs> We're coming to America. Uh, he has tremendous eyebrows, a tremendous voice. Um, I love. I have the jazz singer on DVD, remastered, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. It's a remake, obviously, of the Al Jolson film from like seventy years previously. Uh, you have Neil Diamond playing Jess Robin. You have Lawrence Olivier as Cantor Rabinovich, his yeah. dad. Lucy Arnaz. Lucy Arnaz as Molly Bell, and yes, she is the daughter of Desi Arnaz and Lucille Ball. Yeah. The um, she made her uh, professional debut on her mom's TV show when she was just twelve. 
Let me give you an example of how bad this movie was. But it's not. It's great. No, it's a great movie. And here's another. Like, I've seen it a million times. I much have like seen Xanadu. It a million times. Much like Xanadu. But we're just. I'm trying to establish its bust. Its a oh, bustability. Its bustability. Ready? Okay, yeah. Go ahead. Roger Ebert, who we I think we both agree is is right 90 percent of the time. Yeah, genius. Right? Pulitzer winner. Yeah, Chicago Times uh, film critic said said this about the movie. I don't remember what his final grade was, but this is the uh, quote: "Diamond plays the whole movie looking at people's third shirt buttons." as if he can't be bothered to meet their eyes and relate with them. It's strange about the Diamond performance. It's not that he just can't act. It's that he sends out creepy vibes. He's self-absorbed, closed off, grandiose, out of touch with his immediate surroundings. His fans apparently think Neil Diamond's songs celebrate human-worthy qualities. I think they describe conditions suitable for treatment. Wow. That's great writing. I know. Isn't he the best? Yeah, he's really, really good. Um, uh, do you think uh, you think Neil Diamond's creepy in Jazz Singer? I don't think he's creepy. His eyebrows have, have a significant creep factor to them. Um, but here's the whole thing. That's his whole... He, he's, he's a celebrity, a rock star, who, who can't get in touch with his, his, his inner Neilness. What are you, you know? talking about? It has nothing no. to do with the movie. Yes, it does. He's 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 trying to find a place in the world. He's he's in, on on turbulent seas. The whole point. That's of the- why the genius of the acting. He's supposed to be self-absorbed and 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 agitated. No, he's not. He's he's a good he's a good Jewish boy growing up in New York who dreams of becoming a bigger star, but feels pulled by his faith to remain true to his family and his and his wife, but suddenly breaks free in the sins of L.A. Daily Town, as I like to call it. Yes. And uh, everything goes right for him. Daily Town. Won't you take me to Daily Town? His family disowns him. He starts betting Molly Bell, the great Molly Bell, who, yeah. I mean, let's face it, yeah, I know. wouldn't we all? Um, finally makes up with his dad at the end, and we hear the triumphant anthem, America. Far, we've been traveling far. Without a star Free Only want to be free We huddle close Hang on to a dream On the boats and on the planes They come into America Oh my, it gives me chills every time I hear it. I've seen Neil a couple times in concert. Tremendous. One thing about Neil Diamond is he uh, demands the very best sound guys and sound equipment uh, in touring. It's famous. Like, you go to his show, it can be in the muddiest venue in the world, like the St. Pete Times Forum in Tampa, and it'll <laughs> sound crystal clear. Neil's shows are great. It's probably the biggest crowd I've ever seen at the Forum before. He'll sell out, boom, like that. But, you know, when America shows up with those strings and so, listen, Neil Diamond is the master of the crescendo, right? We can both agree on that. Of course. His songs, Bill, 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 then pow, a diamond explosion. <laughs> um, so, okay. again, like Xanadu, <laughs> the jazz singer with Neil Diamond excels uh, via its, its soundtrack. Right. Tremendous soundtrack. Because... Oh, geez, there's some such groaners in this movie. Like when Lucy Arnaz, like it's a Jewish holiday and she serves him ham, you yeah. know, like, <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. 
oh. I mean, it's terrible. Like, oh. And yet the music is so good. And I think, you know, Love on the Rocks, Hello Again. I mean, Neil Diamond is a, is a, a genuine badass. Point really to one is. song. Give me one song from this movie. that is it, is it Love on the Rocks that goes over or is it America? Which, which song, if you had to take one song and celebrate it among all others from this soundtrack? I like Hello Again. That's like my, one of my favorites. I mean, Love on the Rocks. I mean, that's like pure Diamond Ash Shatner. Love on the Rocks. <laughs> Ain't no big surprise. <laughs> but Hello Again kills me every time. I love it. It's funny about this movie. It's like, so he's, he's pretty much uh, destroyed for his acting. Um, he would win. He would be the first ever winner of the Razzie Award for Worst what? Actor for I'm this. I'm furious at the Razzies but, now. But what's really odd is that Lawrence Olivier, the great Sir Lawrence, yeah. the director was so unhappy with his shots that he felt he had overacted that he actually um made uh Sir Lawrence film them again really film them again and when uh, Olivier asked for an explanation uh the director uh, Richard Fleischer said um that he didn't like the way the scenes had been staged originally that he couldn't bring himself to say you suck you suck I can't believe I got roped into this piece of shit <laughs> <laughs> well I love it and I have a, a a remastered version I'd like to borrow that Done and done, my friend. Done what what done. would you think would be on a, on a scale of one to ten? Let me ask you this: If you had a young lady over, and you were going, I've been having a young lady over <laughs> lately, my friend, and so have you. So, so the question well, is: What's wrong? What are you shy? No, 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 no just, you don't want to. Totally unrelated. Quite. We said five episodes. We weren't going to talk about our personal lives for five episodes. I'm, I'm proud. You made it five minutes. No, I didn't. It's been like twenty five minutes. Ironically, there's a reason why Steve doubled- Spears is in a really, really good mood today. No. Yeah, look at you, you little rascal. Anyway, the whole point is, here's, here's my question. Steve, I have a girlfriend. <laughs> Are you crossing your fingers behind your back? <laughs> no, not at all. You, that's all right. <sighs> you kind of maybe have one, too. No, shut up. Question, zero to ten. On a, on, a, on, a, on, a ROMs, on a rom on a rom com thing, <laughs> what, where does this rate? Can you seduce a woman with the jazz singer? That's all I want to Absolutely. know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hello again, baby. Hello again. And I have that really thatchy, hairy chest like Neil Diamond. You just wear one of my uh, sweaters. <laughs> uh, sure you can. Yeah, I'm going to try it tonight. <laughs> Check this out. <laughs> can you, you don't think you can? I think it's very romantic. You're flustered. Look at oh, you. I'm fine. No, listen. Sean Neil Diamond Steve, just does listen. this to me. Look at this. Neil Diamond. Ooh, cool no, down, it's Spearsy. all right. It's cool. all right. Right now, everyone in listener land is like, what's going on with Sean and Spearsy? We are coming out of our shells, baby. But, you know, we won't dwell on it. We won't dwell on it. You know what I want We're to dwell- spoken for. No. Are, are we officially off the singles market? Yes. Were you ever officially on it? <laughs> Whoa. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. I don't even know what that means I anymore. Know I don't know either. <laughs> hey, you know what I want to focus on? The last movie in our list. Oh, yeah, you ready? One of your faves. 1980s. The Hollywood Knights. That's car three. We got a tollway out here in front of the Beverly High School, a 65 L Camino Silver Gray. Oh, what the hell's going on? We're going to need some help out here. We've both been uh, assaulted by eggs. Lawrence. Lawrence of Arabia, he's an English guy, he came to fight the Turkish. New Bomb Turk to the rescue. I love New Bomb Turk. So this is another great one. When I was 10, again, um, watching the Hollywood Nights with the great uh, Robert Wool. 
as Nubom Turk. And it has the, the stars are Tony Danza and a very, very young Michelle Pfeiffer. Right. But it is I'm surprised you like this movie. Well, because it's a period takes, piece. It's a period piece. Yeah. Takes place place in the nineteen fifties. Sixties. Uh it is? Yeah, nineteen sixty five, Halloween it was like night. An American graffiti type thing. It is American graffiti ten years later. Um yeah, Halloween night nineteen sixty five, and it, it made me want to be you know, raise hell. It's so much fun. It's like I want my life to be like that. Like New Bomb Turk, you know? And so slowly, I, I was class clown in my high school, and I was uh, best sense of humor in my high school, and I owe it all to New Bomb Turk, to yeah. Hollywood Nights. I love this. This movie is sacred to you. When I try to poke holes in it, you know, <laughs> you're like, absolutely not. It's my uh, Lawrence of Arabia, really. <laughs> <laughs> New Bomb Turk, best character name, too, of any So year. good. I so know. Good. The, um, Tony Danza, this, is, this movie got a lot of grief because basically it's a, it's a ripoff of American Graffiti. Tony Danz is in it. He's he kind of sleepwalks his way through it. He was at this point on the radar screen because of Taxi, the TV show. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer at this point, I don't think she'd done anything big. This was really her first uh, big project. Robert Wool, this is his first movie. Period. Was it his first movie? Yeah, yeah. Maybe his best movie. You know who else is great in this movie? Stuart Pankin. Who I love Stuart Pankin. Do you remember Not Necessarily the News? Yeah, on from HBO? 1983 to, to 1990, Stuart Pankin was Not Necessarily the News on HBO. I love Stuart Pankin. And he plays Dudley, who is supposed to be an 18-year-old uh, senior in this movie, although he was 33 years was old. Was he really? When he filmed it. Holy Can you believe crap. that? Stuart Pankin? Is yeah. he that old? Yeah, he's really old. And he, if you've ever seen a photo of him today... He looks completely different. Where the hell are you getting your Stort Pankin photos from 2011? What are you talking about? Just, what picture? Where, where is Stort Pankin having his picture taken? He's, 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 a, he's a cult god. He's, yeah, he's he Dudley. Great. He was in um, Fatal Attraction, Stort Pankin. Google, Google him, Daily. I love Stort Pankin. Yeah, so uh, Hollywood Nights, yeah, it is, it is a period piece. And yeah, I don't know why I like it. All the music is uh, 1960s oriented. You know why? Because it doesn't revel in it too much. I mean, the story takes this thing along. The whole point being that the Hollywood Nights is a club, a social club in Hollywood of all these kids. It's initiation night where they're inducting new members, and so they're sending them out to do pranks. So you get the famous uh, pee in the punch bowl scene. Remember that? I've had this twang in my mouth before. Oh uh, yeah, the um, you got the famous flatulence, yeah, dance scene. This is a young man who has won our five hundred dollar award. His name is Douglas uh, Dudley Laywicker. Let's show him how proud we are. Let's get him up here. Dudley, It's really bad. You know what? If you look at um, the day, the days are wild and the nights are rocking. Yeah. That was the tagline. You know, if you look at movies that came later in the eighties, like Porky's, there's so many ripoffs of the Hollywood Nights in some of those other period pieces you'd see later on in the eighties. It's one of those movies where I think, for whatever reason, it didn't get appreciated at the time. I know one of the critics at the time called it. Um, a cliche-ridden, nostalgic mess that is getting attention for its star rather than its quality. What? Jeez. They're, they're overthinking it. It's so much fun. How can we never watch it together? I don't have it. It's Maybe almost... we should double date. Now that we have dates. Will you stop being such a wuss? Love for sale. 
appetizing, yummy. Is your girlfriend allowed to see rated R movies? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let me do the math. Yeah, Yeah, just gets it under the wire. You know what else gets it under the wire? (laughs) The The Seggies. Aha, mystical refrain of reader mailbag. Hey, we actually got some uh, some good ones this week, including this one from Australia. Yeah, we asked you guys to send in some uh, letters about your stories. Not our stories. Not our stories, despite the fact that our lives are getting rather interesting. I kind of want to double date with you on Super Bowl night. I'll talk, talk to you about it in a bit. Go on. Um, hey, yeah, this is from Simon from... Um Australia, and he says, Hey, Stephen Sean, it's Simon from Australia. The last contact I had with you was the listener greeting I left for you years back in the Gina days, the great Gina Vivanetto. Um, it was possibly the lamest greeting and stuck in the 80s history. I'm a longtime listener, but a series of recent events compelled me to write to you now. Now, this may be a tad blunt, but you guys have in the past banged on about Journey as though they were a generally huge global band in the 80s, leaving this particular listener somewhat bemused. Whether Journey ever made it to Oz is one for the pinheads interested in charts to work out. But in my 80s world, Journey didn't exist. Oh, Jesus. I don't know how that happens. We did laps of the local roller skating rink to Farner, Van Halen, etc. But Journey? Who? Perhaps I was too busy trying to impress the chicks with my decade-out-of-date Joe Strummer Mohawk or was seeing the brilliant local bands like The Church, The Models, Boom Crash Opera, etc. to notice. Do you know Boom Crash Opera? Yeah. I don't. But fear not. Journey did finally make it to my world. It just took 30 years to get here. Fast forward to 2011. Can I have some fast forward music? I like making your job harder. Uh, My son sings in the school choir. The repertoire is pretty contemporary, with most of the material being current songs picked by the 20 something music teacher. I could at this point diverge from the story to give you a short essay on comparing the genius that was 80s music, specifically the British and Oz alternative scene, and okay, some U.S. stuff too, compared to today's mindless, soulless crud, but the Seggies is short, so I'll push on. In the lead-up to a school concert, my son could be heard half-mumbling, half-singing these lyrics, something, 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 don't stop believing, something, something. I thought nothing of it at the time, assuming that the tune was just another one of the teacher's funky new tunes. Come concert time, the choir belted out this same song, something, something, don't stop believing, something. But the backing CD wasn't working, and to say the choir was off-key would be cruel but fair. Still, I had no idea what the song really was. Then, last week, you guys did the Journey Escape podcast. I listened with my typical enthusiasm, despite thinking, here they go again, wasting even more time on this band Journey, whoever they are. I heard Don't Stop Believing during the podcast. What's with that Chipmunks rendition? And it still didn't twig. Then, finally, the penny dropped. Last night, we watched Adam Sandler's Bedtime Stories, a a cheap DVD purchased on a whim to keep the Rugrats quiet. My kids love Bedtime Stories, by the way. The song that played when the credits uh, rolled was Don't Stop Believing. The kids were up and dancing. This is a hot new song for them. So I've been introduced, finally, to Journey by my kids. I couldn't give you guys the credit. Can't say I like them, but at least now I can draw a faint picture of a young Steve in his Journey Escape t-shirt swaying uneasily under the influence of Jägermeister on October twenty second, 1981. Thanks for the podcast, guys. Keep up the good work. Cheers, Simon. Wow. I don't know how you go through the 80s anywhere in Bangladesh and not know Journey. Could it really be that Such much of was an American? Their prevalence. Yeah, Such was their prevalence. How could it be? Well, you know, they weren't really on MTV all that much. Cause, well, they were. Yeah, they were. They were on all the time. Yeah, Separate Ways, um, Center of My Love. I mean, you had heavy metal. Um, yeah, but heavy metal was, you talk about 
you know, we were talking. Weren't really all that big. Here's an interesting. I talked about um, uncomfortable, violent nudity, dead nudity. There's also cartoon nudity, which does nothing for me. Oh, really? I, nothing. Can I say I kind of like it? Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> uh, I, I don't mind the cartoon nudity. All right, I think. We, can you take that out of the show? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just did. Yeah, nope. sure, sure. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, thanks for the letter, Simon, and we crave more letters. How's uh, Reader Mailbag? It's a little thin these days. It could be better. Here's what I don't understand. We continue to give over 300,000 listeners the best product available, and what do they give us in return? Bupkiss, Nada, Zip, Zilch. Not even fan greetings anymore. <gasps> For shame. Yeah, I saw you put something on our Facebook page. Yeah, about threatening him. No more yeah, podcasts. I love that. I complimented you. Yeah, screw them. Why don't we just shut down the whole thing? If you guys don't care about us, we'll just go we lunch. don't care about you. Yeah. I like that. We're going on a double date with our dates. You are such... Let it go. Look at you. Oh, my effing God. Let it go. You record a whole freaking podcast about your freaking breakup. But now that you have this this rare plutonium, I can't even say that um, seriously. Like, oh, the, my, remember I wanted the romantic comedy relationship for you, and you got it. But I like this. You know what? I won't push it, baby. I won't push it. <laughs> but you know, people are interested. Yeah, someday when she has an appropriate nickname. No effing nicknames. And yes. Uh, my lady is a bit young, <laughs> but that's okay because she's old enough and wise and probably more mature than I am. Yeah. Okay. What do we got next, Steve? What's happening, hot stuff? Ah, uh, by the sound of the gong, must be time for mystery movie moment. We play uh, segments from movies that Sean's girlfriend is too young to have ever seen, <laughs> and if you can guess uh, her age correctly, I'll send you some band stickers. <laughs> Oh, boy. Hint, it still ends in teens. <laughs> Shut up. Okay, what do we got for that us? That rules out everyone who is guessing 12, by the way. I love Mystery Movie Mode. By the way, can I say I love uh, uh, Best Bust of the of 1980s? I think it's going to be really good. Don't give me that look. It's going to work. 1980 was a good year, though. So many movies that kind of like... Yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, I think when it's we get be to fun. like when we get to eighty three, eighty four, it's gonna be a little tougher. I think that um, I think this uh, yeah nineteen eighty. I think it's gonna be really good though. No, no, no. no. There's all sorts of yeah. We'll have to punt. Hey, if you got ideas for nineteen eighty one, send them to us. You know what movie I watched last night? Oh. Best Friends with Ooh. Burt Reynolds and Goldie Hawn. I love Ooh. it. Nineteen eighty two. I love it. That'll be on the list. And it's got how do you keep the music playing? You know that one, James Ingram, Pat Austin. God, you listen to you much no James soul. Ingram. You have no soul. I'm all soul, baby. I want to do an interview with James Ingram. That'd be a great get. Be a great get. God, what would you ask him? First question right out of the box. What would it be? Um, something about Yamo Be There. <laughs> I'd probably tell him a story how I would yak and my uh, yak. How I'd rock out to Yamo Be There at my uh, at CCD, like great Christian school. Oh, that's right. That was a great story. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Pay attention. Here was last week's mystery clip. Did you hear that? Yeah. It's a dick for. What's a dick for? To pee with. What's a dick for, Sean Daly? Aha! To pee with. Yes, yes. The great spies like us. God, I can never see this movie enough times. And you talk about, you know, this is not a bad inclusion for uh, best busts. Because, I mean, I don't think this movie did all that well. I, I know. Well, let's save it. Yeah, we oh, love that. I have it on God. DVD as well. It's how many, so how many funny. times can we honor it, though? I can oh, there's always room for one more. <laughs> I can go. Uh, I, I, I watched this straight the other day and laughed my ass off. Yeah. 
It's great. The jokes never get old. Never. Maybe, unlike this show. Reach some <laughs> of the winners. Yes, this week's winners include Diane in Chicago, Doc Hamilton, Captain Pittsburgh. Ooh, Kelly Jean Mayer. I hope I pronounced that right. Could be Jean-Marie. Jean-Marie? Maybe. Kelly Jean-Marie. Tim Hardy, Dan Newcomb, Pinhead, Steve McLean, Chris from St. Louis, All-Star Dave in Australia, and Tom from Tip Top. Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. Hey, pal, you free? Excuses. No freedom here. If there is, she's an orphan. If you know it, email us at stuckinese.tempe.com and tune in next week to find out if you're a wiener. Ah, uh, the mystical refrain of Name That 80s Tune. Always my favorite time. I love this Seggy. Our first Seggy. You never forget your first Seggy. <sighs> I wonder what the first one... Uh, you know what would be a good question? I'll, say, I'll give this some special award to anyone who can figure out what was the very first Name That 80s Tune challenge. What was the song that we featured on the very first one? I don't even know what episode it was. So you'd really have to want to, to get this. Is it something really obvious, like Video Killed the Radio Star or something? No, nah, but it wasn't. I will give away. You know what I'll give away? Special prize. Uh, the Stuck in the 80s thong that I bought oh my at, our, at our shop. That Why don't I've, you give it to your new girlfriend? No, nah, I don't see her as wearing a, a thong. Oh, look, you gave a little bit of... God, is this like you're the first girl who is in a stuck in a thong kind of lady? Uh, she's never listened to the show. Lady love. She's, she's never... Oh, that's it. That's the key. We can talk about her all we want, really, if you think about it. Mine listens to the show. What the hell was that? <laughs> Who's James Ingram? <laughs> I sing to her and it's all right. Who's this Robin Williams character you speak of? What's the hover? <laughs> Are you using the hover on her? Perhaps. Oh, come on. Perhaps. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, Here's last move. week's 80s tune. That's The Road to Nowhere by The Talking Heads. Love Little Creatures album. Yeah. God, that's a great album. And they she were so was, good. God, it just really it makes my heart hurt that they're not together. Ah, uh, that is. I got to get that album on vinyl. Stop making sense. The movie, the whole movie. Um, read some of the winners. Yes, yes. God, uh, this everybody. week's winners include Citizen Buck, Stacy Jones, Tim Still in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. All right. Harris, is that where you lived? Uh, that's where I lived. Indeed, that I went to to high school in Camp Hill, PA, right outside Harrisburg. I don't know Tim Still though. And if I did, I apologize. <laughs> Marty McFly in El Paso. Um, Oliver Bardenheyer, the Bard in Germany. Jim Withers in Australia. Sean One Night in Bangkok. Dr. Dim. Eric, the Count of Montefisto, Peterson. Can you say that on this show? Um, Danger Stan in Chino Hills. Phil from Adelaide. Glenn Two Ends Gilman. Um, and Balbo, <laughs> sorry, Balbo Baggins of the Sackville Bagginses who writes, by the way, I'm the guy who wrote in 2009 about how Sean ought to get his dangly bits minced to avoid a 19th child and accusations by the FF that he lacked commitment. I'm happy to report that my Georgia goobers are now fully healed from my own sacky whack, and my dinghy, <laughs> I, and my dinghy has been restored to full seaworthiness. I can't wait for Sean's on-air expose to finally found out if his intact testicles are to blame for his newfound singularity. 
<laughs> Thank you, ba- Balbo Baggins. Wow, that's really good writing. That's really good writing. I implore uh, Balbo Baggins to write a uh, to to contribute to Reader Mailbag every week. But no, my uh, my my uh, testicles. Because they can be a Reader Balbo. My testicles, as it is in Spanish, um, are fully intact. Uh, I can't say anything else. <laughs> Yeah, I know yeah, you can't. Know. Know Pay attention. Well. Here's this week's mystery tune. If you know it, email us at stuckinies.tempe.com and tune in next week to find out if Sean still has his dangly bits. If you're not ready to give up on mullets in Madonna, log on to Stuck in the 80s, just one of the many blogs you'll find at tampabay.com, the website of the St. Petersburg Times. Relive the music, movies, and culture of the greatest decade ever, only at tampabay.com. He rides a mechanical bull instead of a horse. He punches a time clock instead of cattle. But inside, he's a cowboy. And he proves it every night in the biggest honky-tonk in the country. You real cowboy? The devil's in the house of the rising sun. Well, it depends on what you think a real cowboy is. John Travolta, Urban Cowboy, rated PG. Starts Wednesday at the Empire Theater in Grand Forks. Hi, Steve and Sean. This is Michelle Willits with greetings from the frozen Midwest. I want to congratulate Stuck in the 80s for reaching 4,000 fans on Facebook, a milestone that you reached even quicker than Martha Coyne did. Excellent work, guys. And although Punxsutawney Phil says we won't be stuck in winter for the next six weeks, we know that we'll always be stuck in the 80s. Take care, guys. Bye. And we are back. And you know how nice it is to have a fan greeting again? It is. I, I, I figured that they didn't love us anymore. They don't. Uh, but I love this best bus of uh, 1980. We'll, we, you know, we usually do three. You know, These were um, not necessarily obscure today, but as the decade goes on, we'll have some, I'm sure we'll have some controversial picks. There's a couple I wanted to throw on the list, but they weren't good enough. They were enough. too crappy to, yeah, to make it. Um, oh, Heavenly Dog. <sighs> Chevy with, Chase and Benji. Yeah. God, that's bad. That yeah, I think you know I think I was at that weird age because I was a, probably what thirteen years old, so I was too old to go see Oh Heavenly Dog. Yeah. But yet my parents weren't like ready to bust out stripes on me yet either. Yeah, never saw it. Uh, up the Academy, <laughs> Ralph Macchio's in that, right? <sighs> yeah, it's too crappy, really bad. Uh, movies that were too good, you know, just good enough to not make the list. Little Darlings. Oh, great coming of age movie. Yeah, Little Darlings. Uh, used Cars. Oh, Bob Zemeckis God. and Kurt Russell. Awesome. I love that movie. That's a good. But that, I think it's on DVD. Ki- you I can think get critics kind of like that. Is it? Yeah. I think critics kind of like that. Um, what else we got on here? Brew Baker. Great. Robert Redford. Yeah, no, yeah. Show, you yeah, you never good. put a Robert Redford movie on. If you had got put- Altered States, that sucked too. I'll, I'll give you a really good one. Heaven's Gate. Well, that's considered one of the all time. It Crap was a, fest. Yeah, uh, 1980 uh, American Western based on the Johnson County War in Wyoming in the yeah. 1890s. Chris Christopherson, Christopher Walken, Jeff Bridges, John Hunt. Yeah. 
definitely a total dirt bag of a movie, but we can't defend it. Hence, it does not make indefensible. Yeah. yeah, yeah, indefensible. You know what else is indefensible? That we're, we're into the podcast. Oh <laughs> uh, well, you know what? I love the new series. It'll be good. Nineteen eighty-one gets really good, really, really good. But uh, you know, we'll wait a month or two, and then we'll, when we have nothing to offer, <laughs> cricket, cricket, it'll be next week. <laughs> Welcome back to the best bus in nineteen eighty one. I told you we could have got the slash interview, but you didn't want it, man. I said I wanted it. What are you, you talking didn't about? Want it? You're an idiot. Anyway, well, I had a great time. Send in your letters. Send in your uh, reader, uh, your fan greetings. And next week, maybe Steve will reveal more about his lady love. Uh, we'll see. In the meantime, I'll be going to prom next week. I'm yeah, right. I'm pretty sure you will. <laughs> Corsage goes on the left, buddy. In the meantime, Sean Daly and I remain here, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is produced by the St. Petersburg Times and TampaBay.com. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for the music for the opening credits. Read our blog at TampaBay.com slash blogs slash 80s. And don't forget to subscribe to the show at iTunes.